this week on The Startup Life. Take that idea, take those ideas for for, for community-changing initiatives out of their pockets, out of their, their, their minds, and, you know, basically make someday today. All right, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Kirsten Bunch, best-selling author and change-maker-in-chief. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We got a special guest in the building today. We have Kirsten Bunch, the change maker in chief herself. How's it doing, Kirsten? I'm great. How are you? I am all right. I cannot complain. You ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. As always, Startup Nation, this is the Startup Life Podcast brought to you by the Binge Podcast Network. So first things first, Kirsten, tell me about your story of entrepreneurship and tell us a little bit about Women's Change Maker Mentorship. Yeah, absolutely. So so my story of entrepreneurship, Entrepreneurship, I can't even say the word. No Entrepreneurship word. is that I worked in international development for about 25 years. I traveled all over the world. I've been to over 50 countries and started and managed programs, social change programs, economic programs in about 10 countries. I worked in places like Afghanistan and El Salvador, Mexico, um, Burkina Faso, Egypt, so a variety of different places. Um, And during a portion of my career, I raised about $20 million for social change, social and environmental and economic change programs. For sure, for sure. So, I mean, I loved my work and I loved traveling around the world and seeing different communities. I had access to the most interesting people, the most interesting things that people were doing, creative things, community dynamics. I mean, for me, it was my my dream career. It was exactly what I wanted to do until it wasn't. Got you. <laughs> and then there was this day where it was probably about 110 degrees, if not hotter, and I was standing on a road, in, a dirt road in Bangladesh, and I was looking around, and we were there, and we were filming uh, some footage for an organization that I work for, an organization uh, that called Vision Spring that helps people get get reading glasses so they can see after four, at the age of 40. Got you. And I was standing there and I was looking around and all these people who knew each other in this community were watching what we were doing. We were interviewing people. And I was thinking to myself, okay, 
this isn't working for me anymore. Like, what am I doing? I'm working at everybody else's community and I don't even know my neighbors at home. Hmm. And so, you know, I kind of over the past, over the next few months, I started to think, well, what, what is this telling me? Like, what am I feeling right now? And at that point I was in my mid forties and I was, so I started to think, okay, well, what is my next act look like if it's not this? And I did the, you know, did this whole creative process that I do with my clients where I figured, I really thought deeply about what is it that pulls, what is pulling me toward it? Gotcha. Um, And one of the things that kept coming up in, you know, this, this whole process was during my career, I would go go overseas and I would work in these communities. I'd do this amazing life-changing work, life-changing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping life-changing for other people too. Sure, for sure. And I would come back and there would be such a disconnect with the work that I did and the people that I would talk to in, in my hometown or, you know, wherever I was living at the time in the, in the United States. And I would talk to people about what I did and, and, Often people would say to me, and a lot of women, mostly women would say to me, that's so cool. I love what you do. And someday I'm going to start this dog shelter or community bakery or film festival in my community. And someday I'm going to do that. But, you know, I can't do that now because my kids aren't grown. I don't have enough money or, you know, whatever. Insert, insert the reason why you can't do something. Right. And so when I was sitting down and really thinking about what my next act was, that kept coming back to me. And I thought, well, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe I can help people take that idea, take those ideas for 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 community changing initiatives out of their pockets, out of their 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 minds and, you know, basically make someday today. And so what happened was I, I sat on that idea for a while. And gotcha. then in, in um, the day after the 2016 presidential elections, mm. I looked around and I saw, you know, all my friends and colleagues and people saying, I'm not happy with this. Uh, how did this happen? I'm, you know, I, I'm, a f- I'm scared for my immigrant neighbors, my trans friends, the women in my life. And I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. Gotcha. And so at that point, I said, well, you know what, Kirsten, it is time to step up because I knew that if those people that were saying those things were serious about creating change in this world, creating change in their communities and in their lives, I knew what it takes. I had what it takes to help them get started. And so I, you know, I launched the the Women's Changemaker Mentorship, which is, you know, what I do is I work with mostly mid-career women. I do work with people who are not in mid-career, and I also do work with some men gotcha. um, who ha- who want to create a next act that is good for them and for their community. My clients do things like start philanthropic advisory firms. I have a client who's a celebrity stylist who is starting a, first of all, she's writing a book. And then she is starting a program that works with women that are in domestic violence situations. 
I have another client who has started something called Ed Snaps, which is a program that works with with high school age girls in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that I found is I thought when I was starting this program that everybody was going to come and say, oh, I want to start a nonprofit. And one of the things I really wanted people to see is that there are so many different ways to create impact in the world now. There's so many different models, business models that it doesn't have to be a nonprofit. True. It can, you know, it can be it can be a social enterprise, it could be a hybrid, it could be a B Corp. I don't know how much of your audience how, how much your audience knows about um, these different terms. I don't want to just throw a bunch of no. different terms out there, but I'm assuming they're fairly savvy no for sure for sure no it's definitely about that p core b core like it's almost kind of like the hybrid of a for-profit non-profit type of business so yeah you're definitely you're definitely on to something there yeah my, my audience is very familiar with it. go ahead i'm sorry yeah okay yeah and so i so i would say about 80 percent if not more of my clients start for-profit or hybrid initiatives and you know in the end it's really about what it is they want to do in the world and what's the best for them as an individual with all their skills and all their whatever they're bringing into their next act what they want to bring into their next act I should say you know and what's the best fit like how do how do how do all these different things combine to create their superpower to create change in the world Got you. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. And uh, you, you bring up an interesting thing because I've had past guests on the show from, you know, uh, Tiffany Yao to Lee Carraher, and they, they both cite that 2016 election as a pivotal moment uh, in their uh, path to entrepreneurship or writing a book in Lee's case or whatever case may be. So it's very interesting for you to talk about that yourself, Kirsten. I appreciate you sharing that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It was... Um... I think it was a, a, it's an important time in everybody's life, a pivotal point in a lot of people's lives. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. So I know, you know, you talked about, you know, uh, traveling over 50 countries, which I think is just fascinating for your work and stuff like that. But I'm curious about, you know, I, I did see that you learned Spanish uh, making and selling jewelry in Costa Rica. How did that happen? <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, actually, I'm I'm leaving for Costa Rica next week. To oh, okay. Some friends there, but um, so I in in my twenties, I was working for an organization that were that was like a student exchange organization, mm-hmm. um, and I was working for them in New York, and I went to Costa Rica to work for the organization in Costa Rica. And that kind of ended after, you know, after a year, six months, I don't remember how much time. And so I went to the beach and thinking I was going to go to the beach and then I was going to go home. Uh, and I, I met a bunch of um, entrepreneurs and, and jewelry makers who kind of went around selling jewelry, making and selling jewelry to tourists. And I joined them. And uh, I, <laughs> so I kind okay. of, yeah, I lived on a beach in a tent. Um, wow. And it had no money. Uh, so every day I, you know, had to, to sell some jewelry in order to, to make, make some money for food, um, for, you know, to pay the little spot for the tent. And it was one of the best times of my life. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing. And I, I think that's a very interesting story uh, on your path to entrepreneurship, because it really does talk about, you know, being in a position to where if you don't sell, you don't eat. And so I think that's an interesting story. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. 
For sure. So, you know, a few months ago, I, I saw you got the call. Now, I know it's one thing to be featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Fortune, and the Huffington Post, which you've been featured in all four. But any influencer knows that, like, when old magazine comes calling, you answer, right? So how did you feel when they asked you to write a piece for the magazine? Because that has to be an amazing story. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, as an entrepreneur, you look for whatever opportunity comes comes to you and this you know i'm a i'm a fairly new entrepreneur i've only been at this for two and a half three years now okay and so somebody approached me and asked me if i wanted to be featured as um you know as a as a a business owner or an entrepreneur in in the area where i think it was actually westchester county okay and i thought well you know why not um and it's like anything you just kind of see you know, go after the opportunity and, and see what happens. And this was exactly one of those things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. I, I just know that a lot of uh, listeners in Startup Nation, they know all about the old magazine. And so uh, I, I definitely just wanted to kind of see, you know, what your take on it and stuff like that was. So I appreciate that for sure. Well, I think, I think, you know, if I could add, sure, I, you know, I think there's, there are a variety of ways to get into Oh, magazine and other magazines, okay. right? Okay. So it isn't all about, it isn't always about, you know, them approaching to you to do a feature. And so okay. it really depends on what, you know, and I'm talking to, I, I know I'm speaking to the startup community, so I can be For really sure. candid here. Absolutely, absolutely. Is Please. that, you know, there are opportunities to get into magazines that don't, aren't necessarily, you're not a feature, you don't have to wait for the big call. And then the question, is as a smart entrepreneur, how do you leverage that? You know, how do you leverage, you know, for you to ask me that question, you went on my website, you saw, you know, that I was in this magazine. And so for me, that's more valuable than somebody reading the article. Right. Because, right, for sure. you know, a lot of people will read articles and they're like, oh, that's a nice story, whatever. But that doesn't mean they're going to call you. That doesn't mean you're going to get any business out of it. Right. Um, so for me, as, as an entrepreneur, it's really about where do you where are the opportunities that you can leverage to get you to the next step? Got you. Thank you for sharing that. Does that and make that, sense? No, that makes complete sense. And, and, I, and I appreciate you sharing that because we talked about in a previous episode with Startup Nation, like just because you have that that kind of big break like you talk about, it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, there isn't still work to be done. It's not like one of those things where you get featured in an old magazine and, oh, you have arrived. Now you don't have to work as hard. No, that's not the case. I mean, it helps, like you said, but it's definitely not the case where your work isn't done. So I appreciate you sharing that for sure. And Startup Nation, the website that Kirsten talks about is kirstenbunch.com. If you want to check her out, and check out what we're talking about, you can check out the link in the show notes for easy access. So Kirsten, let me ask you this because you've written an international bestseller. Next at Give Back, discover your personal path to go from being charitable to being a change maker. No, now I've I've read some of the book and it's really good. Like it's really good. So thank you so much for writing that. I, I appreciate that. And it's a massive $3.99 if you want the ebook startup nation. The link is there in the show notes uh, for easy access. Hey, we're trying to sell some books here today, Kirsten. So, you know. That's right. No, go for it. Yeah, I love it. Books today for sure. Uh, but I love how it, it has challenged me to do more, but also providing tangible proofs of concept on how to do that. So was that your goal for the book to kind of challenge 
you know, uh, how we look at, you know, changing careers and stuff like that. And you provide that proof of, proof of concept of what it looks like. Was that your goal with the book? Because so yeah. many people have resonated with it for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that I am all about practical action. And, right. you know, it's so many people have these ideas and whether it's something to do something in your community or it's like change, to lose weight or, or to, to change something in your life, whatever it is. So many, many people have these ideas. We all do. And we sit on them and we don't do anything with them because one, we think somebody's going to tell us that they're stupid or, you know, re- the reality is we're telling ourselves that they're stupid right, and, and sure. nobody knows if it's a stupid idea until you put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really wanted the book to, so I wanted people to be inspired by the stories of the book of, Ordinary people, I'm not talking about celebrities, I'm not talking about, you know, people who have tons of money or anything. Ordinary people that said, they looked at a problem and they said, I bet you I could do something about that. And why Mm. don't I try? You know, so, so the book has those stories in them. I interviewed over 50 people for the book and asked them the question, what does it mean to you to give back? And I got everything from people telling me about how they volunteer um, and to people telling me about, about how they started movements. And those are, you know, those are the people that, that I love. I mean, I love them all, but you know what I For mean? Sure. I, lo- no, I, I love the people who really, really are just like, they fall in love with an issue and they go for it. Um, but I also wanted, so I'm one person, you know, I have, I have a small team, people who work with me, but we can only work with so many people. Right. And so I wanted people who have an idea to be able to pick up a book and be like, oh, now I get it. Like, this doesn't seem that hard. You put like one foot in front of the other and you start building something. It's, you know, I can do that. And so that's what is in my book. You know, there's very practical tools. There's questions in every chapter that, that get you thinking, um, and you know, you, you, uh, like you said, it's, I think it's a good read. That's what people tell me. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's definitely a good read and, and startup nation. It, you know, if you want to purchase that book, we have the link there in the show notes, easy access. And Kirsten, you talk about, you know, some of the stories of, of people, uh, that people can relate to. And so I kind of want to dive into a few of those stories if I could. Absolutely. So, uh, in the book, you tell the story of Eva, who was in academia, but she wanted to pursue filmmaking. She wanted to make a film about gender violence, but felt she didn't have the time or the money to pursue the training to figure out how to do that. However, she leveraged the skill of her filmmaking friend who was intrigued by gender violence issues, but wasn't real versed on it as she was. So I love this because it speaks to what I like to call the entrepreneurial mindset of solving a problem. And it's something that we talk about in Startup Nation all the time. However, it points out something that always troubles me. So many people don't move forward to pursue a business or a change making opportunity because it's, you know, this notion that they don't have the right credentials, like the training, degrees, or whatever the case may be. You know, so this story brings that up, you know, uh, to the forefront for me. But I guess I want to know, how can people get over that hump and realize that potential that you don't have to wait for certain credentials and stuff like that to kind of ultimately pursue what you love to do? That's a fantastic question. I think that one of the things that I've learned in being an entrepreneur is that you just, you, you have to do it. You just have to do it, but you also just have to 
think that you can, if that makes sense. So obviously if, okay, so let's take an example. I was having a really hard time putting myself out there on social media, media on video. You know, I had this block. I was like, nobody wants to hear from me. Like what the hell? I mean, what the heck? (laughs) And so what I did was I was like, I'm challenging myself. I'm going to do this. So I, uh, my wife and I were about to leave for this trip to Italy and Morocco. Mm-hmm. And I said, for 30 days, I'm going to do 30 days of value video, a video each day with a word and a question for you to think about how, what it is to align your career with your values, your business with your values. So every day from, you know, standing in front of a camel in a zoo in 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 um, in, in Rome, mm-hmm. to being in this ancient city in Morocco, I made a video, and what it showed me, besides the fact that it's really kind of a pain in the butt to get yourself video ready every day, <laughs> but um, especially when you're traveling, right. what it showed me was that I don't have to be an expert in how to make videos and they're not perfect. Like some of them are a hot mess and that's okay. Mm. And, and now I know the next time I do something like that, I know what to do better. Um, and, and I think, you know, bringing it back to the story of Ava and her, her, her film Cunha is she didn't want to wait to go and like figure out how to get these skills to, to produce a film. So she found somebody who had those skills, but didn't have her vision for, or her, 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 um, her access to the community. Right. There's always somebody that is going to compliment you and have something that you don't have. And it's almost kind of an ego thing. Like, let your ego go, admit to yourself mm. that you can't do everything and find somebody who can help you and find somebody who can also be kind of vulnerable and let their ego go and let them help, you know, let you help them. And then you move forward together and it's amazing what you can create. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. So that yeah, I'm going to ask you about one more question, you know, one more story in the book, because you also talk about hot bread kitchen. In, in the book. And I love this story because it highlights how you can, you know, you either help on the surface of a problem or you can really get to the root cause, do that root cause analysis and really be an agent of change in your community. Tell us a story about uh, HBK a little bit, if you would, please. Kid. Yeah. I mean, I can talk a little bit about them. Honestly, they are, they're one of the few stories in my book. That's kind of a, um, like a couple times removed. I don't have personal experience okay, with them besides okay. eating, besides eating their wonderful food. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, so what they do is, and you can find them, find them online, is they train immigrants. Um, I think they just work with women. They may work with men also gotcha. to become uh, on food entrepreneurs. So they, they have retail outlets um, where they sell their product that Hot Bread Kitchen makes. And they'll, I, you know, they have people come in and make the products and stuff like that. But they're also training them to be on food entrepreneurs and go out and launch their own businesses. And yeah, like you said, I, I love that example. I've, I've been in love with Hot Bread Kitchen forever because of that example that they, they aren't just employing people to make a, a quality 
really good product, which I think you might be able to find in Whole Foods now too. Okay. But you know, they're also training people and they're they're paying it forward and they're they're creating this ripple effect. Like I love the the idea of the ripple effect. And you know, how do you how do you train people so they can go out and do their own thing and they can employ people and Instead of maybe the a, a more traditional charitable model where you're buying somebody's shoes right, or something right, like that. Right. Like a Warby Parker or Tom shoes or something like that. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, I actually, it's funny that you said Warby Parker because I actually worked with Vision Spring who okay. is Warby Parker's one of Warby Parker's partners okay. um, in, in getting people to eyeglasses. So, so they, you know, they actually have a really um, pretty profound ripple effect too. Although, you know, Warby Parker's not paying me to say this and, oh, no, and I, sure. I don't work for them. So I don't know yeah, that yeah. much about them, but. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And once again, Startup Nation, you can purchase Kirsten's book, Next Act, Give Back, Discover Your Personal Path to Go from Being Charitable to Being a Changemaker. We have the link to purchase that in the show notes for easy access. So Kirsten, you know, you also have a blog on your website and, you know, one of your blog posts, not getting a paycheck sucks, which, you know, I really love that blog post, by the way, but there's two (laughs) parts that stuck out to me. One was uh, asking my wife for money is really hard on my ego and punches my vulnerability buttons. And also uh, another part that says, I'm sharing my story with you because I want you to know that reinventing yourself means you have to be willing to be vulnerable. So obviously vulnerability is a a key theme uh, in that post. So when I think about those statements, I think about one of my mentors from afar, Brene Brown, who always says vulnerability is not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength. Do you agree with that statement? Why or why not? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, I never believed this until I, I, I started to drink the Kool-Aid and did it myself and, and it became, became more vulnerable and put myself out there. Okay. I think when you, you, you make yourself vulnerable and you put yourself out there, you become more authentic mm. and people are attracted to you for that reason, like the right people. So if you talk about your ideal client, you know, like I said, I, I, I typically work with women who are, are reinventing themselves. And so the people who, since I've kind of really just embraced the fact that I don't know it all and I'm still learning and I'm actually, I'm really good at helping people figure things out. And that's what, that's what I've learned too. Okay. But, you know, and, and I just started putting that out there and just been more, open about my experience, more open about my struggles. You know, the fact that, you know, the first few months in business, I was just like, I don't have any idea how to make money. Like (laughs) none. I came from the nonprofit world. I was like, what, like, what is this about? I don't know. What do you mean? You don't just like post something on Facebook and you know, I have 85 clients in one day. Like, Oh, I thought that's how it worked. (laughs) Um, Just being really honest about that. And I think one of the areas that we have a really hard trouble being vulnerable and honest Mm -hmm. about is especially as entrepreneurs is the issue around money for sure and you know that's why i said it's it was really it still is hard to you know i think back you know asking my wife like can you can you give me some money to pay my bills and you know (laughs) she doesn't care like she's, she's fine like she's you know we're in this together but you know if it's really if it's stopping you from moving forward 
I would recommend really taking a look at what it is that's that what that's about. A lot of people, everybody's got money issues. Right. And whether it's like you spend too much, you spend too little, you can't talk about it. You're, you know, you get red in the face anytime anybody talks about money. Like you've got money issues, and you need in in as an entrepreneur, you've got to address those in order to to move forward. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. No, and I also appreciate you explaining, you know, that juxtaposition between coming from the nonprofit world to the for-profit world, because I think we have a lot of people in Startup Nation that not necessarily know about that distinction between the two. And so I appreciate you kind of sharing both of those worlds really right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is a big distinction and mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities and for there's sure. a lot of hybrids now. Um, right. Right. And, you know, so... So I would say for anybody who's listening, who's at the very beginning stages, maybe in the ideation or idea stage, and is thinking one way, you know, let me go nonprofit or let me go for profit, uh, take a step back and look at what it is, what's the impact you want to have in the world? Mm. Be really honest with yourself about that. Don't say, you know, don't say because it seems like it's really trendy right now one issue is really trendy don't jump on the bandwagon spend some time with yourself and really think what is it that pulls what is pulling me towards that issue even if it's not a trendy issue and then look at your background and look at your skills and people think the nonprofit sector is easier then the business sector, it is not. I'm going to tell you right now, it's mm. not in any way, shape, or form. Thank you for pointing um, it out. Yeah, and it's not less professional. I mean, there's, it's, there's, it's just different. And so if you have a lot of skills in the business world and you like those skills and you, like, you feel proud of those skills, then find a way to move your idea forward using the skills that you embrace instead of going out and trying to find, you know, start a nonprofit um, just because you think that that's what you're supposed to do in order to make a difference because there's you, you don't have to. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Now, Kirsten, you do, you know, you do a lot of speaking engagements. You know, you've spoken at Merrill Lynch, Inspiring Capital, Elevate, NY Now, and more. So, so some people who are change makers are waiting to come out and have those, they have powerful messages, but public speaking is still a challenge for them. Help us out, Kirsten. You know, how do you prepare for your speaking engagements? Well, I, I, I find out who the audience is going to be as okay. much as I can. And mm-hmm. I'm very clear about when I'm booking speaking, when people approach me to speak, I'm very clear about who I am and what I'm going to talk about. So some people, for example, some people will see my book, Next Act Give Back, and they think I'm going to talk about volunteering or being on boards. And I'm not. You can find a million people that'll talk about that. And so, you know, I'm very clear if that's what they're looking for, then then I'm not their person. If you want to talk about how to make incredible change in your community and start initiatives or, you know, start new careers, then that, then I'm your person. And then to prepare, I... I, I write and rewrite my talks all the time because I'm always learning as entrepreneurs okay. we're constantly learning and I've got new things to say gotcha. um, and then I, I practice and you know I practice in front of a camera I practice in front of friends um, and you know there are a lot of good speaking coaches out there if you I mean there's some free resources Toastmasters is one of them 
but there's also a lot of co- people who coach you in speaking and you can pay them to help you. So if you, mm-hmm. you know, if you are afraid to get up there and, and do your talk, then get help because right. really the number, one of the number one ways to get new clients is, is through speaking. And so if that's not in your portfolio of, of kind of marketing and getting, getting your name out there, it really, it really should be. Gotcha. And, you know, just do the, go out and and do a couple (laughs) of gigs, understand you're going to do the best that you can. And you're going to look back in two years and be like, Oh my God, like like (laughs) the worst thing ever, but I did it. And the next time I did much better. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Now, one of your keynote topics is one I love. It said, you know, it's uh, fuck charity, make change. And I love that. Right. So I guess I'm curious, what inspired that topic? You know, was it like an epiphany one day where it just popped into your head or was it like a collection of experiences that led to that topic? Tell us about that. Well, this phrase. Okay. Well, I have to say something, first of all. Okay. I don't want to get hate mail and I'm going to explain like what this is about. So like, if you work for charity, do not send me hate mail until (laughs) you understand what what my point is. For sure. So this phrase has been running through my head since I came up with the idea of, of my business. And this is why I don't hate charity. I love charity. I think that we all should be giving to good organizations and to people in our lives that need help and to religious institutions, whatever it is, wherever you, you feel pulled to give your money, I think that we should be doing that. What I mean by that is, in my experience, there are a lot of people sitting on good ideas and sitting on the desire to do good in their in the community and solve a problem or, or take on a problem, whether they solve it or not, or just move the needle a little bit that are sitting on that. And instead of doing something with that idea, they'll kind of go and volunteer once in a while and give a little bit of money and it'll make them feel a little bit better for a while. Right. And so when I say fuck charity, make change, I mean, like, stop just making yourself feel good by giving a little bit of money if you're being pulled to do something greater. I hear that. And Again, I'm not saying that giving money is bad. I'm not saying volunteering is bad. I think it's great. We need that. Please don't stop doing that. But you could think about it this way. What if your idea is the idea that changes changes the world? What mm-hmm. if your idea is the one that shifts climate change and, and saves your community from flooding or you know, it could be anything. But what if it's a, it's that what if question? Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. I figured that's what you meant, but I understand you kind of had that <laughs> disclaimer in there for sure. I appreciate that. Uh, so really quickly, right before we go to break, you know, entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong learners, like you were saying earlier. They're always engaged in constant professional development. What does that mean to you and what are you learning now? Are you reading books, listening to podcasts? What works for you for professional, professional development? Wow, that is a very timely question because I was driving today and I was thinking one of the things that's frustrating me right now in my business is that I spend so much time on the business part of it that I'm not doing enough learning. Yeah, so I do listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to everything from This Is 50, which is a newer podcast. I'm uh, Sherry and Lori, I forget their last names, really interesting stuff to The Moth because I'm inspired by people's stories and I, you know, 
stories come into my work all the time. Like one of the places that I start with my clients is what's your story and how do we mm. use your story in your, in your initiative? Cause that's really, really important. Right. But one of my goals for this year is really to dig in deeper into some topics that I don't know anything about and see how I incorporate that into my work. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How you like being on the startup life so far, Kirsten? Oh, it's okay. It's okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Having a great time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're getting great value from Kirsten's content, but we got to pay a few bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson. This is the Startup Life Podcast, and it is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. business owner the startup life reach is growing wouldn't you like your business to grow with it reach out to us to advertise on the startup life you can reach us at 901-857-4818 or you can email me at dominic at askalsolutions.com i mean don't get me wrong like this is a great music to have break on but wouldn't this break sound a lot better with the same music but your business being advertised on it need more content from the startup life you say you can now sign up for the startup life all access pass on the binge podcast network's patreon page there is exclusive content written by yours truly video content where i share even more of my business philosophies and whatever crazy content i can think of out of that crazy head of mine and at only five dollars a month yeah five dollars a month this is more content for you startup nation to really get ahead of your competition so instead of upsizing that meal at your favorite fast food joint you can now invest in yourself on your path to entrepreneurship click the link in the show notes to sign up all right startup nation so let's continue so kirsten you know you say that you're a reinvention strategist what does that even mean <laughs> so help us out well it's a reinvention it can be it can mean anything you want it to be fair enough yeah no i, I there is a movement in the U.S. in particular, which is where at this point I'm more of an expert in, uh, there's a movement of men and women who are either leaving the workforce, leaving corporate jobs because they're being pushed out or they are, you know, they've kind of built their careers. They spent their 20s and 30s like working really hard and they kind of like moved up the ladder. They got to the top of the ladder and didn't like what they saw on the other side. And so decided to bail ship and, and reinvent themselves and do something else. And it also means often women, sometimes men who, um, and I don't mean to be so like, black and white on um, gender here. I, I realize there's a lot of nuance, nuances in gender. Um, but, right. you know, people who have stayed home with the kids and are now, the kids are grown and or are off to school and they are now looking for their next act and what they can do. Right. 
And so reinvention is really about not necessarily starting new, but taking what you have from the past and bringing it, what you want to take from the past and bringing it with you to create a new career and a new life for yourself. You know, some people do this, they get divorced and they're creating a whole different life in that way. But I, I focus on people who are, are recreating their careers and, and starting businesses and starting organizations, you know, some people, for some people, it's a huge shift. Like they're going from a one client who was an executive in uh, a Fortune 500 company, and now she's, you know, starting her own advisory firm. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and, you know, and some people it's, it's a smaller shift and it's just figuring out how to package their skills in a different way that really lights them up and makes them excited to be working again. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Now I see on your website, no, you offer a free discovery call. What happens during that call, Kirsten? Magic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> so the free discovery call is so what happens is is we talk and we talk about what it is that you what about what's that idea that's been running around in your mind whether it's the idea of i really really need to get out of this job and figure out what i'm going to do for the rest of my life because mm-hmm. what's happening is that we're retiring later people are living longer and so at the age of 50 whereas a few years ago you know at the age of 50 if you were only looking at 10 more years you might be like I'll hang in there to this job whatever it's you know it's got good benefits but now if you're 50 and you're like I'm gonna work until I'm 75 then you're just like it's a huge wake-up call Mm. you know what am I gonna do for the next 25 years so on the discovery call, we, we talk through what you're thinking about and what it is you want out of your life and what is the impact you want to have in the world. And again, I really focus on the people who are, are interested in creating change in their communities and in the world. And we, you know, we dig in a little bit into what might be holding you back, but also talk about, so what do you already know about, say, you know, somebody says, I want to start a nonprofit. And I'll be like, well, wait a minute, please don't go to your attorney and register a nonprofit right yet. Like, let's talk about what it is you're really trying to accomplish and figure out the best way for you to do that. Like structure is not important I don't think so in the beginning phases. You can figure out the structure as you as you move forward. And that's part of what we do in in a, in a free discovery call. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. So let me let me ask you this. You know, let's say I'm I'm 45. I've been in my job for like 20 years. Uh, and but I've just been replaced by automation. We know stuff like AI and stuff like that's kind of happening a lot across multiple industries, by the way. I want to start my, you know, restart my career and be that change maker. But I don't have a clue what to do next. What's my first step, Kirsten? What's the first step I should take? Uh, start noticing what you are drawn to. So if you're being replaced by automation, let's just take that as an issue because you know it, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, depending right. on <laughs> depending on your perspective. Right, for sure. So, you know, take that issue and then look at the issue from a bunch of different angles. So with automation, is it the fact that people are losing their jobs? Is it that there's a lack of, uh, it un, I don't know as much about automation, but is exactly. there a lack of uh, 
is there an unlevel playing field? For sure, and, for sure, and, absolutely. Right, you know, so what are, the, what are the things about that issue that you're drawn to? And then start digging into that. What are people doing? What are they doing around this issue? What are the conversations they're having? And then you're going to start to see where you might be able to fit in and add value. One of the things that I would really say is that you, just like in business, and entrepreneurship, you're looking at where you can add value. Don't, you know, don't go and start another toothpaste company if if we don't need more toothpaste, right? Mm-hmm. Figure out a way you can make better toothpaste or something else that cleans your teeth or, or whatever. You know, figure out where you add value. Look at where the market gaps are and where you can fit in 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 the in the issue within the issue. Right. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And Startup Nation, you know, when we talk about, you know, that restart uh, in our, you know, in our career, uh, at that point of our career, you know, Kirsten also has a skill shifter mini course, right? And so it helps you to uh, how you can shift your skills from your current former career and apply them to a new business organization or community initiatives. We have the link there in the show notes for you to check that out, uh, Startup Nation, for sure. Kirsten, really quickly, you know, when you see testimonials, you know, and people share the success stories of things that you've helped them out with, how does that make you feel? Oh, amazing and really proud and also a little bit in awe that I've made this happen. You know, and I, I just, I do want to say that I'm, I'm so proud of my clients because they work really hard and it's, it's hard work. Um, it, it's uncomfortable and you've got to really open yourself up back to the vulnerability piece and to look at what they're able to accomplish is to me, it sounds like I, sometimes I'm pitching myself, like, really, did I make sure. this happen? Uh, you know, this was just an idea a few years ago and look what I've done. So it's pretty cool. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So Kirsten, you've mentioned your wife a few times. And so I'm curious, how supportive has she been in this process and building your brand and your business? Well, let me say I married well. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, no, she's been, she's been fantastic. For and sure. You know, it, it's funny how relationships work because, mm-hmm. especially the good ones, it, I, you know, my, my wife has a big corporate job. She travels all the time. And when we were both traveling all, all the time, we had a much different life in the sense of, you know, now we have, we've got a whole house full of animals and we, you know, we just have more uh, what am I trying to say? Because I'm, I work from home and I have a more flexible schedule, a very busy schedule, but I have a more flexible schedule. I can take care of things when she's off running, you know, doing her, her, her corporate job. For sure. And in, and it's really interesting how, cause for a long time, like being, being vulnerable here for a long time, I felt really guilty that mm. I had left my career without an income. And I talk about it in that blog post. And, you know, I left yeah. my career without right. an income and it was basically relying on her for, for money. And then, you know, one day she was just like, you don't understand. Like I could not do my job if you weren't here 
taking care of, you know, when the dog gets sick or, you know, we live on top, we live on top of a mountain. So right, things happen right. when you like have a septic system and a well and all this stuff. And for sure, you know, and, you know, and, or when my mom needs help for something, she's like, I couldn't, I would be so stressed out and so unhappy if you weren't here helping, you know, taking care of this stuff. So it works. And she's amazingly supportive. And, you know, one of the things I would say that I had to say recently to her Mm -hmm. is, you know, I would say to her, babe, I'm having such a hard time with this. Like this client just like did this or she she canceled. And I'm so disappointed because I was really excited to work with her. And she decided to do something else, take a job, whatever. Um, And I'm disappointed. And gosh, should I quit? Should I give up? And you know, she would just be, she would say for a long time, she'd be like, oh, I understand. I understand. And I realized what she wasn't saying. And I really needed her to say, and I told her this and it changed. Everything was like, honey, I just need you to tell me that I can do it. Hmm. And she was like, oh, well, if that's what you need. Okay. So now <laughs> every time, like, I'll just be like, babe, I had a bad day, like, which isn't that often, but right. you know, she'd be like, you know, babe, you can do it you can do it. You're, you know, it's hard and you can do it. I believe in you. And it's not that she didn't believe in me. She just didn't know that she needed to say that. And so, you know, talk to your partners and your family, your parents, whoever it is that, that you, you rely on and tell them what you need. Definitely for sure. Talk to that cheerleader that you have startup nation and just ask them every once in a while to give you those words of encouragement. It's the simple things. I definitely understand that, Kirsten. Thank you for sharing that. So I saw that you recently have taken up roller derby. What's that been like? (laughs) Okay, well, I took up roller derby and then I've actually recently had to retire my skates. Okay. So yeah, so I played roller derby for three years. Okay. Um, I started at the age of uh, 46, so I'm turning 50 this year. Gotcha. Um, And I have always really, I've liked, I've liked roller derby for a long time. I used to watch Gotham, go and see Gotham girls, which is the New York team and one of the biggest, best teams in the world. Um, And just was fascinated by the sport. And one day I saw that there was a local team, shout out to New Jersey roller derby that they were, they were just like, Hey, come and see what this is about. And so I went to their little session and I was just like you know what why the hell not right and but I didn't know how to skate and and on top of that I didn't know how to skate and I had broken my ankle roller skating when I was in the sixth grade so I had trauma that I didn't even know that I had over roller skating I had so much fear and I learned to skate. I learned to play. I, you know, I, I played in bouts, got my butt kicked and I kicked butt and, you know, was part of this amazing team and am still in some ways part of this amazing team always will be in spirit. For sure. Um, and it was, it was wonderful. I did have to hang up my skates because the time commitment was, a li- it, yeah, it was a little bit, it was a lot. And, you know, I'm trying to grow my business. So for sure. Yeah. I was just going to say that juxtaposed to trying to grow your business. I can imagine that that kind of eats away at that time a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hung in there for a while, really trying to make it work. And I still very, I miss it so much. And I, I keep trying to talk myself. I, I keep saying I really want to go back and, and mm-hmm. I just, I just know I don't have what it takes to, to commit to it. So any entrepreneurs out there that are looking for an idea, 
if you can create some fitness craze around roller skating and roller oh. derby, that is a fitness thing and not a team thing where you have to like be part of a team. I will, I will invest in that and I will be part of it. Oh, look at there. Look at that. <laughs> okay. You heard it here first. You know how to reach Kirsten startup nation for sure. So uh, Kirsten, let me ask you this. And I'm going to ask you the toughest question on the show today. Okay. You ready? I'm a little scared. All right. Don't be. Tell me about Henrietta. Henrietta Turtle? Yes. So Henrietta is, so we live, like I said, we live in New Jersey on top of a mountain on six acres of woodland. And um, Henrietta is this turtle who shows up once a year in the spring. Oh, wow. Okay. I've I've actually kind of seen her up in the woods too. Like, you know, I... I didn't see a box turtle. I don't even know what kind of turtle she is. I, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so I'll, I'll, I'll find a picture and we could, I'll post it and we'll figure out what kind of turtle it is. But okay. anyway, so she just shows up once a year. Um, the first year that she showed up, she kind of showed up in our backyard and we have dogs and all of a sudden I see my dog with this turtle in her, in her mouth. But luckily that, you know, she had closed no. into her shell and I was just like, what are you doing? She's like flipping this turtle up in the air. So anyway, Henrietta <laughs> has gotten much smarter and is now like stays outside of the fenced in area and, and just goes down the driveway. So the dogs don't bother her, but every year she shows up um, for like a day or two. And I, you know, I don't know what she's doing. I think she's probably going to find water I don't know. And then last year, two babies showed up, two little ones. Okay. So I don't know. I think we have Henrietta Juniors running around now. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing it. I bet you never had anybody talk about a turtle on your show before. No, I I, I haven't. I've had people talk about pets and stuff like that, but not necessarily a turtle. So I, I wanted to ask that a little bit. So have a little fun with you if I could. Kirsten, I almost call you Henrietta. Kirsten, I I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? I think it's being able to see the starting point of something, taking an idea and being able to see the steps to get you to where you want to go. And it's something that I've always been able to do since I was a kid. And it's something that I used when I was building, you know, multi-million dollar programs in various countries. And it's something that I do now with my clients. Um, and it's just, it's just how my brain works. And, um, I use it also to load the dishwasher sometimes. So. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. So before I ask the last question, Kirsten, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the Startup Life podcast. You've given us amazing value and amazing content that Startup Nation really can take after this episode ends and really apply to their path of entrepreneurship. And once again, Startup Nation, if you want to reach out to Kirsten to purchase her book, to have a speaking engagement at your next big function or, or want to schedule that discovery call, you can reach out to Kirsten on kirstenbunch.com. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access. Also, Startup Nation, uh, when you purchase her book, there comes with a free workbook as well. I wanted to make sure I get that in there as well. So it comes with a workbook that comes along with that book. So look, you're getting something free in addition to that purchase. So that's always a good thing for sure. So Kirsten, last question before we wrap up today, and I'm actually going to hand the mic over to you. There's an entrepreneur out there who's, who's feeling stuck in their business and they're getting ready to give up or they haven't started their idea and they really have, they want to be that change maker like you talk about, but they're really scared. They're letting fear kind of drive them. 
Give them some motivation today, Kirsten. All right. So I would say, um, well, here's your little motivational talk. You are not, even though you have superpowers, you are not super, super person. Get help, whether that is working through with somebody like me or it is somebody in your family. Do not try to work by yourself in the dark and and think that, you know, that that's going to work because it for most people, it doesn't. So get help. Invest in yourself. Start in, in, in investing yourself and in not just in your business. And that means like, yeah, when you're starting out, it's really important to maybe pay somebody to do your social media or something like that. But it's exactly. just as important for you to invest in somebody who can help you move whatever it is you're trying to do forward. And it doesn't have to be money. It might be time, it might be whatever, but you need to invest in yourself um, because that you're you're what makes it run. And I would say this, just re- remember this, that millions of people much less talented than you have started and grown thriving businesses. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. And that is so true. That is so true. I right, Startup Nation. So that's going to do it for this session of the Startup Life. Kirsten, did you enjoy being on the show? It was awesome. It's a great way to spend an hour. That is for sure. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. I started nation. So here's my final take. There's two very important reasons why we needed to have Kirsten on this show. The first one is this. Look, as you progress late in life on your business or in your career, you may decide, you know what? I'm ready for a change and that's okay. So people like Kirsten are great to talk to and to learn from because they know how to to give you that strategy give you that plan to see what that looks like so you can do it responsibly and smoothly also kirsten brings to mind something that we talk about on the startup life all the time and that's to get rid of a a very linear mindset in this regard what i mean is is that just because you were an accountant for the past 20 years and you decide you want to do something else that's first of all that's okay but secondly those there are certain skills that you had as an accountant that may be quite transferable into let's say if you want to be a a nonprofit leader or something like that that's totally fine and if you're going to change the world that's even better so when i think about kirsten and everything that she does is very needed and is very important for helping entrepreneurs or career-minded people to make that next step in their career if you want to let us know what you think about the show have an idea for a show topic or like to advertise on our show please send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as can be now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or whatever your favorite platform to get your podcast on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, Please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass to get exclusive content. This is exclusively on the Bench Podcast Network's Patreon page. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.
Hey, Stoutermation, I bet you're here for that extra content, aren't you? All right, take a listen. You know, I, I felt that, you know, there was a disconnect with him and women, especially black women. Okay. So that was an issue. I never had a bad review or anything, but when it was time for layoffs, they can do what they want to do. So right. I was laid off. I was heartbroken. I was like, oh, my God. And I just kept trying to think, well, what is the bigger picture here? What could I have done different? You know, mm-hmm. um, they knew I worked in radio on the side and everything. You know, I, I was always there, always traveling with work. I thought I, I did the best that I could do. But when I look back, I think that in certain situations, I probably could have humbled myself. And That Startup Nation is my really good friend, Ina Esco. She's a fellow podcaster just like me, and she's here in the city of Memphis. So subscribe to the Startup Life podcast right now on all of your major platforms. That way, as soon as Ina's episode is available, it'll be right there waiting for you. But until then, Startup Nation, your company's waiting for you. Get out of here.